This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The NFL Draft is in the books, so it is time to update our rankings and take a look to see where we're at. We're going to talk about all that and more post-NFL Draft. We're going to do that right now. Welcome back in. Appreciate everybody joining us today. We're going to be talking about our running back rankings post NFL drafts. Let's just jump right into it, Cody. Uh, let's let's jump right in. So right now, our rankings are as follows: Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara, and James Conner. Cody's is Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, and James Conner. Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about a few of these guys. Cody, you have somebody that signed back with the Buccaneers. You have Leonard Fournette in a really, really a great spot again. They did bring in Rashad White through the draft in the third round. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, this this running back room is much the same. They did bring back Gio Bernard as well. He is still back there and Keyshawn Vaughn. But how do you see things playing out this year for Leonard Fournette? I think it's going to be a lot of the same as last year, man. Like you said, there's nothing behind him. Bruce Arians tried telling us that Gio Bernard was going to be a big part of this offense. Obviously, he got hurt at some point through the season, but he wasn't really involved at all outside of that one game. You know, you're looking at someone who is currently being drafted on underdog as the RB12, which I think is just way too low. I know they lost some uh, key pieces on the offensive line. Still going to be an above average group, especially on that right-hand side. They brought in Shaq Mason. They still have Tristan Wirfs at right tackle, so I think the line is going to be completely fine. You know, Rashad White doesn't really bother me at all. You know what I mean? Maybe he takes some targets away, but he was someone who I thought was a little bit more athlete than he was running back. And like we were just talking about, too, that depth chart really wasn't impressive at all. So there was really nothing holding them back from bringing someone in. Obviously, Ronald Jones going to your Kansas City Chiefs, Keyshawn Vaughn and, you know, Gio Bernard. So if we look at last year, Fournette ranked – this is something I just thought was interesting. He ranked third across a couple different key stats being targets, receptions, red zone touches, and fantasy points per game in PPR. Ranked third among running backs across all those. So if his value stays in this in this area where it's currently going, uh, you know, like I said, RB12, his ADP on underdog was like 24 point something. So he's right on that, you know, that two, three turn. If it stays there, man, that is going to be fantastic value, and I'm going to be all over that. No, for sure. I mean, everything's lining up for him. Tom Brady came back. You know, this would be a different conversation had Tom Brady not come back, but now he's back. I mean, everything is in line for this offense to be wheels up in 2022. So I do like Leonard Fournette. I want to talk about uh, – I want to talk about Javante Williams. Surprise, surprise. Anybody that follows this show knows it well enough that I am a Javante Williams stan, and I have been seeing a lot of hate in the streets 
for Javante Williams. A lot of people because they brought back Melvin Gordon. Everybody assuming that it's just going to be just like last year, man. They're going to split all the touches. Javante Williams is dead in 2022. Blah, blah, blah. Get the F out of here with all that, okay? First of all, they waited till the absolute last second to be able to sign Melvin Gordon back. It's not like they brought him back the first day of free agency. He had obviously really had no interest. He talked to Baltimore. They obviously didn't sign him. So he's 29 years old. And yes, I get it. Melvin Gordon wasn't bad last year, right? 51% opportunity in that backfield last year, 919 rushing yards, 213 receiving yards for him last year. Um, but he wasn't very efficient, 0.97 yards per out run, which is terrible, 27th in breakaway run rate, 26th in yards created per touch, and 7th in evaded tackles, which is more of a volume stat. But uh, compared to Javante Williams, who was 50% opportunity share, 903 rushing yards, 316 receiving yards, 7 touchdowns. However, he was 17th in yards per route run, 17th in breakaway run rate, and 7th in yards created per touch. Much, much more efficient with his touches and we should also mention the one thing that no that everyone seems to be leaving out is that this is an entirely new coaching staff right this is nathaniel hackett who was the oc of the packers and if you go back and look like i think the way this is going to shake it's not going to be a 50 50 uh, split i think it's going to be much more what we saw from aaron jones much more the jamal or aaron jones jamal williams type of split where where javante williams is going to command probably 60 to 65 percent of the touches out of this backfield while i granted it's not what we were hoping it to to be with like a Najee Harris type, he is going to be the absolute workhorse. However, we have seen how efficient he is on a per touch basis. And if, if we see him go from a 50% opportunity share up to a 65, even a 60% opportunity share, he is locked in to be an RB1 this year. So I, I hope this, this uh, affects his ADP and we see him drop because it's just going to be a tremendous value for him in 2022. So I'm not worried that much about Melvin Gordon. Yes, Melvin Gordon is going to be there. He's got to get opportunities, but it's not going to be nearly as much as what people think. Because really, if you go back, Daniel Hackett has had an RB1 uh he had a top 15 running back in seven of the last eight years that he was the offensive coordinator of the Packers um, and, and beyond that. So other than that, I did want to hit really quickly. I've talked a ton about James Conner, but I'm going to continue talking about him because I don't think he's going to go as high as he should. Listen, we saw the draft. Eno Benjamin is, and, Ke- and Keontae Ingram are the only two guys that are there. He's going to get all the workload. I mean, last year, he only received 58% of the opportunities in this backfield, 13.5 carries per game, 2.6 targets per game. You can bet your bottom dollar he's going to see a lot more than that. The only concern with James Conner for me this year would be would be his age. He is 27 years old, so he is getting up there. He has, has dealt with a lot of injuries. He did get hurt last year for a short period of time. So that would be my only concern. So I do think somebody like Keontae Ingram could actually be a very interesting stash you know, as a late round, as a late round guy. But with that being said, James Conner, while he's healthy, is going to absolutely explode this year, like much like he did last year. I don't know if he's going to get 18 touchdowns like he did, but I think there's still really good things to come for James Conner. So before we hop over to the RB2s, I, I just wanted to get an idea for you. Like, where would be like the cutoff for you for, you know, James Conner? Right now, RB17 on underdog, which, you know, I'm I'm definitely all about that. The thing with me with him is, like you said, the injuries. I don't think he's ever played a full season. Last year when he got hurt, that was when Chase Evans was out and he was being, you know, he was the the main guy in that backfield. So, like, what would be, like, the the point where you would be out on James Conner assuming – you have to assume his ADP rises from where where it currently is at RB17, right? What would be, like, that cutoff point? Um, I I think, you know, RB12, RB13, RB14 in terms of, like, the running backs that – you know, I, I still would take, you know, obviously Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette ahead of him. Um, you know, th- those guys, uh, 
I think all those guys should definitely go ahead of him. Even, you know, for me personally, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, all those guys ahead of him. But once I get to the Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb range, like now you're talking about a real conversation to be had with who you'd rather have. And right now with that offense, no, uh, though, we'll, I guess we'll talk about some of that with, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins being out for the first six games. So that is going to affect the offense. We saw how drastic it was with the offense, but he is still going to see a ton of targets. I think he's going to see even more targets without Chase Edmonds last year. He saw five targets per game, which is excellent. So I think with all that being said, as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, I, I think there's big things coming for James Conner in 2020. Moving on to our RB2s, we both have Aaron Jones at the top at number 13. Then you have Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, the aforementioned Antonio Gibson, Dave Montgomery, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, Zeke Elliott down at 22, Miles Sanders, and then Travis Etienne coming in at 24 for you. I have Javante Williams at 14, Barkley, Akers, Dobbins, Gibson, Zeke, Montgomery at 20, Elijah Mitchell 21, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Brees Hall for me at 24. Kev, who are some of these guys in this RB2 range? You know, you kind of warned me beforehand you were going to get a little bit negative. Is this where we're getting negative? We are. Uh, Nick Chubb, listen, I am. I have loved Nick Chubb since the moment he's been in the league. Um, he's never truly gotten like a true workhorse type role because of the Kareem Hunt thing, him being there. But Nick Chubb has been fantastic. And he was great last year. So this isn't necessarily a knock like he was like some sort of falling off because – in 14 games last year, he had almost 1,300 rushing yards, 174 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. He was ultra efficient like always, 3.65 yards created for touch, which was fifth. He was also seventh in expected points added. The thing that worries me with him is Deshaun Watson. Now, we'll have to see what happens here. Does he get suspended? How long is he suspended for? You know, if it's a short suspension, I think this is even more of an impact because we know Deshaun Watson is a runner, is, is a runner, right? And he can run the football. And if you really look, I mean, he had seven rushing touchdowns in 2019. He only had three in 2020. But he was also top five in goal line carries in uh, each of the last two years that he played. So this is a guy that 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 can create on his own, and it's a little bit like a Josh Allen type situation, right? Where he is going to lose out on opportunities at the goal line, and really just on opportunities to run the ball. Because when you have Deshaun Watson, you know you you didn't give up all you gave up to get him to just you know hand the ball off all the time. So I think you you could see a switch here where we're not seeing him be able to get as many uh, many touches and many carries. And honestly, he's never been a pass catcher. They've never trusted him with that. I mean, so he I think he averaged 1.4 targets per game last year, which is just not good enough. So if he's only going to be one-dimensional, then you have Deshaun Watson here who is going to take goal line touches, who's going to take goal line touchdowns away from him. I think it's like a little bit of a red flag for him. And I just, I love, love Nick Chubb and he is super efficient. And so he's going to be able to have his big games, but I just don't have the same expectations as you normally would with them because I just don't think they're going to be as run heavy as we've seen in years past. They have, they've indicated that that's not what they want to do. They brought in Amari Cooper. They brought in David Bell through the draft and, you know, they brought it obviously to Sean Watson. And so I just don't think this is going to be an offense. that's going to run nearly as much. And those are kind of all the appeals of Nick Chubb. Now, granted, this is going to be a much better offense. There could be more opportunity to score but he's going to also lose opportunity there with Deshaun Watson who's gonna who's going to take goal line carries away from him not to mention Kareem Hunt is also still there so it's just I love Nick Chubb but I just don't think I would be drafting as high as people are going to want to take this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes 
ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The other guy, it's very much the same situation. Antonio Gibson, they brought in Brian Robinson. J.D. McKissick is back. It's just like one thing after another. And then Ron Rivera came out and said that he thinks this could be like a uh, Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams type backfield, which does not spell good things for Antonio Gibson. He could definitely lose more opportunity, more more touches, which is going to be a problem. When J.D. McKissick was healthy, he was stealing targets away from him. It's like they hate Antonio Gibson. I don't get it. The guy produces every time they give him an opportunity, especially over the second half of last season when J.D. McKissick went down. I mean, the guy just balled. But for whatever reason, they just do not want to give him that opportunity. So, Which is funny because uh, at the draft party, uh, whenever they drafted Brian Robinson, he was there. They, they, they showed Antonio Gibson start shaking his head when they announced the pick. So uh, he wasn't real thrilled about it either. But I just can't mess with Antonio Gibson with everything that's going on around with that, with, with that team. It sucks. I love Antonio Gibson. If he were to fall enough, then I would have some interest in him. But I think he's probably going to get drafted higher than I would want to pay. Uh, pay for. I'm with you on Antonio Gibson. I'm I'm split on Nick Chubb. That's one I haven't like quite figured out yet. Uh, all the points you made, I think, are valid. But then I'm also kind of thinking like like you you, you also brought up the offense is going to get better. And I just I don't know how much Stefanski is going to have Watson run the ball. Like, I think more could potentially come out of Kareem Hunt's pocket than Nick Chubb's. You know what I mean? So that's that's definitely a, a situation to monitor. Like you said, though, too, like you're not going to bring in Deshaun Watson and treat him like Baker Mayfield either. So that's that's really a, a, an interesting situation there for for Chubb. And hopefully we get some more clarity, you know, throughout the, the offseason training camp and, and all the blurbs and whatnot. But the, the, the only guy here in the RB2 range I want to talk about is J.K. Dobbins. We brought him up on the NFL Draft Winners and Losers show. Going to bring him up here again. I mean, we're looking at a team that traded away Marquise Brown, was their top wide receiver the past three years. And now we're looking at this, this roster and this depth chart. This might be the weakest wide receiver room in the entire NFL. If not, if not the weakest, it's it's right there. I mean, you're look you're looking at Rashad Bateman and then Zilch Nada behind him, right? Like maybe Devin Duvernay or Tylen Wallace step up, but even if someone does, I think we see this team take a step back in their passing volume from where they were last year. And I think even if Marquise Brown were there, they would still be taking a step back just because we have to remember that a lot of this passing volume came from when that whenever they were in negative game script, right? Remember Lamar Jackson was out. They were playing from behind a bunch of games. I don't think we see that. So I think even if Marquise Brown were there, they'd still be taking a step back. But now he's gone. And you look at what the Ravens added in on, on the offensive line between free agency and the draft. They brought in Morgan Moses, Kevin Zeitler, Tyler Linderbaum in the first round at center. So this offensive line is obviously going to be a lot better than what it was last year. Last year, was uh, it was pretty putrid to be honest. So Dobbins right now going at RB 19 toward the end of the fourth round and underdog ADP. And I absolutely love that. I'm going to be all over. Yeah, I don't disagree. They're definitely going to go back to be much more of a run heavy offense. Uh, I think uh, more than anything, injuries had played a big role in that and is why they threw the ball as much defense. Yeah. That's too. Ravaged with injuries. Yeah. So let's, uh, 
let's let's uh, wrap this up here, but let's do one more. Uh, give me one running back that you currently have ranked outside of your RB2s that you think has RB2 upside. I'm going to go uh, someone who used to be the teammate of uh, RB1 that you have, and that is Chase Edmonds. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins just absolutely loaded up across the board in free agency, brought in Teron Armstead for left tackle, obviously that big Tyreek Hill trade. They had a Connor Williams, the offensive line as well. So now they have, you know, some depth on the offensive line. Brock back to Sicky. You know, Cedric Wilson as a wide receiver three, you know, now the wide receiver three, they gave him a decent amount of money before the Tyreek Hill trade. But, you know, then, then we have the, the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree narrative here as well with Mike McDaniel coming over from Sam Fran. So, I think with so I think now with the, the weapons they have in the receiving room, the improved offensive line, you know the the Shanahan narrative, and we saw Chase Edmonds put up some uh, RB two type numbers whenever he was in Arizona as well. So I you know Edmonds is a guy who I think you know we were hyping up last year a little bit. He might be one of these post hype sleepers. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But I think Edmonds is going to be that that guy that currently in my RB three range. I can see RB two production coming. Yeah, he has some like Austin Eckler ish type traits too, and and what he brings to the table. Um, never somebody that's been ever given like a full workload or anything like that, but has always been really efficient, great pass catcher out of the backfield. So I like Chase Evans. And let's be honest, I mean Raheem Mostert's there, right? Like uh, the guy who can never stay healthy, and so. Uh, yeah, Miles Gaskins and all that stuff is still there. But uh, I think it's a really good spot for Chase Edmonds. And this offense should be much better. So I do like that call. My guy is Tony Pollard. And listen, this may be a hot take. I don't know. And I know people uh, are already going to be mad where I have Zeke Elliott, Robbie being one of them, thinking I'm way too low on Zeke Elliott. And he's been an RB1 each of the last five or six years. And, you know, <laughs> all that stuff that people like to say. Who talks like that? Yeah, uh, Twitter. <laughs> That's Twitter. That's that's the that's the Twitter voice. That's your Twitter voice. Yeah. Right. And so uh but like he's twenty-seven years old and he's been ridden hard and put back wet. You know, like his his efficiency is dropping every single year. Like he is not the same running back that he used to be. He wins off volume. But what we've seen is Tony Pollard start to every year take more, a little bit more of those piece, a little bit more. And he is by far the best. He is he is right now. I should, he is right now the best running back they have in that backfield. And I know people are going to hate that call and say that, oh, man, but he was hurt last year. That's why. But no, we saw the same thing the year before with Zeke Elliott. Again, once again, he's not the same guy he used to be, okay? If you can get him later in a draft and he falls significantly, cool. But, you know, I want no part of Zeke Elliott. Take Tony Pollard. Take the cheaper option. Last year, 8.7 carries per game, 3.1 targets per game, 719 rushing yards and 337 receiving yards for him. And he averaged almost 11 fantasy points per game, uh, which which is not terrible, especially probably where you're going to be able to draft him. Um, you know, And also 3.49 yards created per touch, which is sixth most among all running backs, 10th in breakaway run rate, 5th in juke rate, 5th in true yards per carry. Uh, so everything is aligning for Tony Pollard right now. Do I think that he's going to take over this backfield? 
No, like they're paying Ezekiel Elliott too much money, but he, I, I, I really do not would not be shocked if if it so this turns out to be more of a fifty fifty touch split. Right, this is definitely Ezekiel Elliott's last year in Dallas. I, I would be shocked if he was on the team after this year because after this year they can get out from that terrible contract they gave him uh, after this year, and so I do think that Tony Pollard, uh, who's only twenty five, this is his peak. Really, if you look at the the numbers, you, you, generally speaking, you're 24. They're age 24, age 25 is kind of the peak seasons for running backs. Now, again, am I saying that he is going to be an RB1 this year? No, it, it would have to take an injury to Zeke. But all things being said, he is still somebody that I can see that has some RB2 upside here. They lost Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson. I can see them using, legalizing him more in the passing game. He is a home run hitter every time he touches the ball. So that being said, I do think Tony Pollard is in line to be a, a pretty strong flex option for people on most weeks. And if anything were to happen to Zeke Elliott, which is not a range of possibility, because we have a lot of running backs this year, boys and girls, that are really entering that port that I want no part of. If a running back is 27 or older, I really don't want to mess with you. And there's a lot of running backs that are on that list. There's Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who's on that list. A lot of these running backs that we've been using for the last three or four years, the book is starting to close on these guys. And the, the, when the cliff comes, it usually comes quick. And so I will be avoiding most of all these guys unless they come at just a really strong value for me. So I want no part of Zeke. Give me Tony Pollard, who's much cheaper. And at this point in his career, he's probably the better running back. I, that may be hot. I don't think that it is. Uh, the numbers back it up. Efficiency backs it up. Uh, he's been one of the more efficient running backs in the leagues each of the last two years. So give me Tony Pollard. And with that being said, Ooh. be sure to hit that like and subscribe button for all future content. We appreciate everybody rocking with us. We will see you on the next one. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.